Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The whale camper Drew Densick stops by in 20 minutes. So uh, you went to break last segment, tease Jaguars and Colts. We will get to the Jaguars and the Colts. We'll talk about Jonathan Taylor being granted permission by the team to seek a trade. Who... Who's trading like a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor and then giving him a contract extension? This is what I want to know. If it's not the Buffalo Bills. I'd like to know which team is going to. It's the Miami Dolphins who just passed on Dalvin Cook, but now they're going to trade and pay Jonathan Taylor. I'm not so sure. But uh, we had a spirited conversation during the break. And like, unlike what like the crew did yesterday on You Better You Bet, which was to talk about golf off air and not on the air, we're going to bring the off air conversation onto the air. Fellas, I hope you're taking notes. Let's talk about this Vikings Bucks game. Uh, Baker Mayfield earlier today, not surprisingly, named the starting quarterback for Tampa for week number one and presumably the season until he's either hurt or ineffective. Baker winning the quote unquote quarterback competition with Kyle Trask. So, Ken, um, in terms of line movement, the line has not moved. The Vikings remain a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Tampa week one. We've talked about this game a little bit. Um, I definitely like like Tampa a little bit in this game. I have Tampa already bet at a better number from earlier in the offseason. Total here is 45-and-a-half. So this isn't really like an immoved conversation. The line hasn't moved in the game. But I know that you have a lot to say about the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about this off-air. Let's talk about it on-air. We can talk about this game as well with Baker now officially in the saddle. Yeah, I just uh, – I, I think – I think people don't understand this as we get closer to the season and you know we've been we've been off on the show like just been thinking a lot more about teams we just did a a bunch on san francisco in the last segment that people hadn't heard before just in terms of like how i might be approaching betting san francisco this year and how i've not changed my mind but i kind of went from having no opinion to having a strong opinion uh and i am starting to get that way with the vikings and betting them to be atrocious uh it's not a secret that we like the packers on the show and the Packers have done nothing in the preseason to change our minds, by the way. Not that that would really matter, but like, whatever. They're all still healthy. Uh, and Jordan Love might be good. It's basically the same as it was before. And we like the Packers. Uh, I, also, we went through the Lions schedule in eight buckets. It's going to be tough for them to be bad. Even if they're actually bad, like their statistics are bad, they're probably winning a pretty good amount of games against their schedule. That's why their win total is so high, honestly. Um, and I think the Bears are going to be brutal, but that's fine. So it's kind of like if I if I think the Packers are actually going to be like really good and I think the Lions probably finish with a good number, I probably have to think the Vikings are at least not great by nature uh, or at least not like a 10 win team. There's aren't that many wins to kind of go around. And I the NFC is worse. But, uh, you know, it just you, you think about the team from last year and uh, DVO rate. I think we all remember they were great in one score games. That is unlikely to repeat itself 
but that's fine. It's just random. But they were great in one-score games. Their DVOA ranks last year offensive defense were, were somehow, like, even worse than I thought they were, and I thought they were bad. 20th on offense, 27th on defense last year uh, for a, a team that won, what, 13 games and, like, a really remarkable set of events. And I, I think it's fine to set them with, like, close to a league average win total again, figuring, like, all right, like, Cousins is still – same coach, same quarterback. They won a million games. It, the win total can't be that bad, almost by rule, um, except, like, why are – so I'll give you give those numbers again. So the Minnesota Vikings last year uh, in DVOA on offense, so just basically team rating in offense and defense, 20th and 27th. Did anything happen seismically that would make you think that they're going to be much better at either of those things? Now, you will point to two things, probably – uh, on offense, you could actually tell they're going to be worse because Dalvin Cook's not on the team anymore. But they have Jordan Addison, who they drafted to be a second wide receiver instead of Thielen. So, like, depending on how you feel about that, maybe they can at least maintain their statistics from last season. And then on defense, they make a coordinator swap, right? They go from Ed Donatel to Brian Flores, except there's, like, not really any proof that that's going to matter. It's kind of just, again, I would say it's another question mark. So it's like, all right, maybe they can be as good I guess they could be better, but I don't really see how that's going to happen. I actually think they could be way worse. And that's before we talk about, like, the fragility of Cousins, who's getting older and took a billion hits last year, where, like, if he gets hurt for it, like, whatever. We talked in the break, Nick, about what is the price on the Vikings to have the worst record in the NFL? You had some great points kind of organizationally about them. They're 50 to 1 to have the fewest wins in the NFL. I have a couple other points on this, but I know you had some stuff on Minnesota as well. Yeah, so I think, you know, sometimes when, when you consider things like this, you have to think about, like, where are the coach and GM at in their arc, right? Because this this plays into, like, a lot of the decisions that get made in the NFL or just life in general, right? It's it's selfish, right? I'm selfish. You, the listener and viewer, you're selfish, even if we don't want to admit it, right? We're focused on us and, like, what benefits us. So if let, let's say that Kevin O'Connell and, and um, Adafo Mensa, the, the GM for the Vikings, right, that they had to win this year. Like absolutely have to win this year. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna try. Like Kirk Cousins could look like the knight from Monty Python missing a limb, and they'd be like ushering him out onto the field to play. And like in lieu of Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall, like the rookie that they took in the NFL draft. But after winning all the regular season games last last year, and also considering the fact that you know, Cousins is like. It's up in the air whether he's going to be back next year with the Vikings. Like, he very well may not be their quarterback next year. You take these things into consideration, but if the season starts to go sideways and Cousins gets hurt, like, Minnesota's on, on, under under no pressure, like, to obviously they want to win this year, but the coach and GM don't have to win to keep their jobs. They're coming back next year almost no matter what, barring like an Urban Meyer type season, which is like not going to happen because Urban Meyer isn't employed by the team, right? The quarterback draft is obviously great next year, where if things start to go sideways, Cousins ain't coming back next year, and the coach and GM definitely are. They may be incentivized, like, I don't want to say to lose, because, like, I don't know if they, they're professionals. I don't know if they're going to try and lose games, but I don't really know if they're going to be incentivized to necessarily win with the quarterbacks that are going to be out there in a franchise reset, like, literally hit the reset button. So I don't know if that's going to come to fruition, Cam, but I think it's something that betters would need to consider when considering a price like that in a market like that. Yeah, so so let's just start with this. <clears throat> Much like I said, and I have not bet this yet, and I'll tell you when I bet it, because um, it's not moving, so there's no reason for me to bet it today as opposed to next week. Uh, I I will very likely bet the San Francisco 49er win total under before the season starts. 
I just haven't bet it yet because it seems to not be moving at all. So like, I don't need to bet it right now. And same with the Vikings, win total under of eight and a half, which is just even money to the under. Uh, will they be under 500 this season? Yes, no, that's the bet that you're making. Uh, and I'm gonna be betting on no, and we'll see for how much and price shop and all that stuff. But that's definitely where I'm leaning on that team to go to the fewest wins market again. Uh, again, 50 to one on the Vikings. Two things I think are interesting, both involve the teams that I think would be the first to come to mind in terms of like, well, are they really going to have fewer wins than that team? And the, the first team that will come to mind immediately is Arizona. And then another team might be Houston because they've been so brutal, obviously, recently. Houston last year was projected to be the worst team in the league. And they and they were like the the Bears got the number one, but like Houston was the worst team. Like if you're just like who was the worst team last year, it was Houston. Uh, and and Chicago was very close, and Chicago got the number one pick, but like it was it was Houston. Uh, Davis Mills came into that year projected to be the number one quarterback, and there was never really any chance that it was not going to be that. And it was like, oh my god, this is just what it's going to be. They're going to be brutal. N neither Arizona nor Houston is operating like that this year, where like there's no hope. I could definitely see Houston be a team in the second half of the season that's trying to play better and win. That makes all the sense in the world. They have their quarterback, hopefully for them. And like this happens all the time with first year coach quarterback combinations. The team bottoms out and the first year is bad, but like not bottom out bad again. So I, I actually think it's very unlikely Houston has the worst record this year. I think they're just going to be bad but like normal bad, like six and 11 bad, seven and 10 bad, which is exactly how the market has them line, by the way. But I think their range of outcomes to win like one or two games is is not very, not very high. Like they're not gonna do that a lot of the time. And Arizona's brutal. Most teams that are projected to win four or five games don't have like a pretty good quarterback maybe coming back halfway through the season who's going to win games. That actually probably has never happened before in the history of the league, that the team projected to be the worst has like a $200 million quarterback coming back maybe in like week 10 or week eight. So you have like two teams that are super low price to get the number one pick don't seem like good options this year to get the number one pick like versus what they're lined at like arizona's gonna get the number one pick sometimes kyler will never come back sometimes but like would you bet it at a really low price like three to one or two to one that that's gonna happen and you got houston basically right next to them uh in that second group of teams you have the rams who we're not even sure are trying to be bad and then you have Tampa and like, yes, they can definitely be brutal. That's like a team that maybe you would consider in that situation. But like, we're already crossing off a bunch of teams. And they're trying that have to low win. prices. And Tampa's going to try to win the whole trying season. To win. For sure, yes. trying to win. So it's kind of like, all right, the Raiders can bottom out and fire McDaniels halfway through the year and be awful. Sure. No, no question. Like there are other bad teams, right? Indianapolis can be authentically terrible. That could happen. Like there are teams that can just be bad, but man, like Minnesota's got some really interesting bottom out potential. I just like if cousins plays every game and you were saying this during the break, sure. Like it's pretty unlikely they're going to get the number one pick, but I actually think we might have like what we, I guess you would refer to as vulnerable favorites in the worst record market because they're not like the conventional team that's like just going to be the worst team. I think you make make a lot of good points here on the Minnesota Vikings here and potential downside for Minnesota entering the season. When we did eight buckets win total analysis for Minnesota, I said like, I, I like this team to go under the total. Defense is going to be bad. They'll be really fun to watch, I think, as long as Cousins is good. Because... By good, I mean healthy. Because they're going right. to... The games are going to be insanely high scoring. The defense the is going to be brutal. 
and, yeah, and the offense is good and the offense and the offense is going to be awesome so they could be a fun team to watch but i don't think they're going to be good in terms of wins and losses and ken i i, I have a tampa seven from earlier in the offseason the number six and a half i doubt we're going to see a seven barring some sort of like injury news here um just kind of like your your thought process here on minnesota leads you towards wanting to make a bet on tampa whether it's plus the six and a half or whether you would hashtag shake and bake Plus 240, bucks on the money line, fire the cannons week one on the road in Minnesota. Well, when when we talked about this game the first time, I told you I agreed with you. I thought the number was really big because you you had you have a team that like made their living playing a ton of close games and winning all of them and basically beat no one by margin the entire season. And now they're like at least the same. They might be worse. And like now they're going to beat teams by margin like that's going to happen. Now, the money line requires me to think Todd Bowles is going to win a road game as a head coach, which is a pretty tough ask. Um, so maybe it's just the points and Minnesota ends up in another close game and maybe they win, maybe they lose. But like, I, I mean, I think Tampa is actually going to cover that number like a really good. I think Tampa is going to be brutal this year. I think they're going to cover that number a really high percentage of the time. So I agree with you there. And I know you were the first one on that point spread. I I I love the Bucks coming up, but even even with the number not being seven, I would only bet Tampa in that game against Minnesota. Hour one done, hour two for you coming up on the other side. We will get back to it move for week one in the National Football League. We'll talk about a really interesting move in the point spread for the very intriguing Chargers Dolphins game coming up in Los Angeles. But we will start hour number two in moments an interview with the whale capper Drew Dinsick talking week one on the NFL with Nick and Ken. On you better, you bet.